Greetings, little one. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Bad witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt! A newt. What's thou like to live deliciously? Got better. Dost thou comprehend? Welcome to Real Magic, the podcast at the crossroads of real witchcraft and Hollywood magic, where paganism and the supernatural meet their reflections in movies and television, and where we talk about what real magical or life lessons we can learn from fictional witches from 100 years of movie pictures. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> hey there, witches and weirdos. Welcome to another episode of Real Magic. I'm your host, Jessica Mason, and I'm very happy to have you with us today. So today, we are talking about one of my favorite shows growing up, one of our guest, Angel Craig's favorite shows. She's the one who suggested this topic, and I jumped on it. We're talking about Gargoyles. I think this is a show that was pretty instrumental to so many of us growing up, witchy, in the 90s and beyond, and now it's on Disney+, Plus. so I'm so excited to talk about it, to talk with Angel. This was a really fun conversation. We just sort of gush about gargoyles for an hour, so I hope you enjoy that. But before we get to the conversation, I also want to share with you a special announcement or a plug for something I'm super excited about. Our friends Kanani, Hillary, and Courtney, all over on That Witch Life podcast, are hosting That Witch Life Minicon. It is a one-day virtual conference on March 5th. You can join from anywhere for workshops on herbalism, working with the gods, and suburban magic led by Kanani, Courtney, and Hillary. There's going to be a special masterclass on DNA ancestry magic with Stephanie Rose Bird. It sounds so cool. I loved their That Witch Life Con back in the fall, so I'm so excited to join this and tell you guys about it. The conference will include rituals, raffles, and more. You can register for it at thatwitchlife.com. And make sure you also check out That Witch Life podcast, because if you listen to this, you got to listen to That Witch Life. It's one of my, probably my favorite witchy podcast, and I love all those hosts. So give it a listen. Give that uh, mini-con a look, register. And without further ado, let's go talk gargoyles with Angel Craig. Thanks. 1,000 years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans we had sworn to protect, frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now here in Manhattan, the spell is broken and we live again. Defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. Well, Angel, welcome back. Another return guest to Real Magic. So how are you doing? How is Life of the Science Witch podcast? Oh, it's great. I just got done interviewing another Portland um, uh, connection, that hoodoo lady, and she came on our podcast. And we were just recently interviewed on that uh the southern the southern fried witch podcast and oh, we got to tell our, our origin story which was super fun so yeah shout out to both those awesome folks but i i've been really excited to talk to you about my favorite I, show i know you propose this and you're like well if you watched gargoyles and like oh have i watched gargoyles <laughs> and i you know Gargoyles is very magical, so I can justify talking about it, but it's just one of my favorite, like, animated shows of all time. Maybe my top animated show of all time. Like, yes, it's, I feel like that's true for a lot of witchy people. Like, I'm sure we are not alone in our (laughs) love of this awesome show. Yeah, the show has so many dimensions to it. It was so revolutionary for a cartoon you know it came out in the mid mid 90s so I'm like 
like 12, I think when it comes out and it has literally been probably the most influential piece of media that I, I, I can attribute more of who I am today than just about anything else, because I just became obsessed with the show when it came out. And I have since been to gargoyle conventions. I've read <laughs> the, the comic books. Oh yeah, they did. They don't happen anymore, but no. they used to have gatherings that would travel from different cities and each year it would be in a different place, but they would get the creator of the show, um, Greg Wiseman to come on and, and talk about it. And then I've read the comics and every, every piece or connection to this media, I've been watching it again. Now it's on Disney plus, And so that was one of the things I was so excited about when Disney plus came out, because forever you couldn't find this show on streaming anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was nowhere yeah. to be found. So for like years and years, you know, if you wanted to watch it, you had, and the DVDs were out of print. It mm-hmm. was so hard to find. And now it's on glorious Disney plus next to all yes. the other wonderful Disney plus um, content. And it's just, so it makes me so happy that it's there. And I watch it with my daughter now and she thinks it's cool. And it's yeah. such a great show. Did you, so you watched it when it was in, you know, part of the Disney afternoon. Yes. Yeah. I, I would go out of my way every Friday. I think it came on and I would watch yeah. it. And I was just so obsessed with the show. And it's one of those shows that you can watch at any age and it's still relevant. It's still brilliant. Like some cartoons that I've watched did not age well, you know, from that time I've watched them since. And I was like, whoa, man, this is not even watchable anymore. But Gargoyles is one of those shows that no matter how old I am, I can pick it back up. And it's just amazing. And it's so well done. It was so beautifully animated. It was up there and it was the same time in the 90s as Batman, the animated series, which is, and I will make this statement, the best version of Batman on screen still. I (laughs) agree with you. And I guess there's just something like in the water, like studios were taking really big creative chances with animated shows. And this and Batman, the animated series really showed that these, you know, in America, like this was true in other countries, especially Japan and Asia, but it showed America that like animation could still be fun, still entertain kids, but still like be serious and have big emotional relevance and huge mythos. And this even more so than Batman had serialized storytelling where it had this continuous longer story, which you just never, you know, I guess you saw it maybe in the X-Men, the animated series, but that one mm-hmm. was also kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, that was based on comic books where that was like, right, norm. right. There so was I an entire mythology serialized storytelling here. Right. And Gargoyles drew on world culture. It drew yes. on mythology. It drew on Shakespeare. Yes. There's an entire arc it's, that it's deals with Macbeth arc. It's Macbeth. so cool. Yeah. The, the, and the, um, when the, you had interviewed Hillary and Courtney, oh, Courtney yeah about the the Macbeth play I, I was like but gargoyles imagine gargoyles and uh, yeah I forgot to bring that up but yeah but yeah we have Macbeth as a character and then you have Titania and Oberon and Puck show up mm-hmm. they have Desdemona in Othello in gargoyle form like you know and one of them is Michael Dorn like it's just great um so let's talk about this let's talk about the cast because uh, this sort of is a tangent, but there is, I think, a big Star Trek Next Generation fan or Star Trek fan to witchcraft pipeline that we haven't discussed. <laughs> every, <laughs> almost every witch I know is a Star, is a Star Trek fan in some way yeah. or another. I, like, I would definitely fit that um, assessment. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I was... so many of us grew up with Next Generation, especially. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like a weird unofficial sequel to Next Generation because nearly the entire cast is in it yeah Jonathan Franks Brent Spiner Marina Sirtis LeVar Burton shows up Michael Dorn shows up and they Um, look like their characters they really do do. like Demona really looks like uh Marina Marina Sirtis yeah 
they look. And then Jonathan Franks is like, oh my God, he is Xanatos. Xanatos. <laughs> He's so great. Um, and Jonathan Franks, I think he, I think he was somewhat involved behind the scenes too, like either as a producer in some respects. So like he's the one who kind of brought in all of these people. But I, you had other great voices. Like I think I'm going to go. Tim like, Curry. Jonathan Tim- Rhys Davies. Yep. I mean, it's Gimbley. It's like yeah, Tim Curry, the greatest voice actor person or actor of all time. Like Cree Summer, Clancy Brown. I'm just looking at this wonderful thing john belushi was on there matt yes. i mean it's just like michelle nichols come on ed mm-hmm. asner rest in peace he just passed away recently but yeah like, yeah uh, matt uh uh fewer yeah yeah, yeah. Matt um biff was matt bluestone sally richardson woodsfield she actually is also now a director and she directed something really cool recently i saw her name as a director I just want to touch on Elisa for a moment because she was one of the central characters. So I guess kind of backing up with the whole what Gargoyles was about is it was a cartoon show in the mid 90s. It was produced by Disney. And so it has that sort of mid 90s Disney style. And it was based around these creatures that they were like human like called mm-hmm. gargoyles turned and they, they yeah they turn to stone in the day which mm-hmm. is like their hibernation and yeah. then at night they come alive and they have their own society and they sort of live on the fringes of human society but in this one particular castle in scotland there's where the 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 central gargoyles in the show come from they're sort of living in a uneasy truce with the the scottish um lord like yeah the scottish lord in the castle and through sort of sorcery and witchcraft and betrayal that includes Macbeth and demona basically all of the gargoyles except um a few of them are destroyed and then the ones that are i guess saved including goliath who's sort of the the protagonist of the show who's um voiced by keith david oh my god keith david he's just another of the greatest voices of all all time yes definitely and um so he you know and that he actually i've seen videos of him talk about that role and how much he loved playing goliath and and so he's still alive and disney should take a hint (laughs) Um, i mean he's been in so many wonderful things like he was he was the cat in Coraline. like he's been in like so many things his voice is just so unmistakable i could listen to him read the phone book like him and Mm -hmm. curry like all these wonderful actors so yeah they get under this curse where it's like they will be stone until the castle rises above the clouds right it's not a lame is reference um but then this you know kind of douchey <laughs> businessman <laughs> oh he's stark so type. suave he's so yeah. suave yeah he's definitely a tony stark type he's like but... he's got an iron man suit basically as he does part. like he's very he tony stark um, Xanatos. He, he, he just puts his castle on top of a skyscraper in Manhattan and waits for a fog, and then the gargoyles wake up. And he's been working with Demona, who through all this stuff, you know, he's he's Goliath's ex, and she's yeah. got she's kind of immortal, and she's had a real rough time, and she hates humans, and she's one of the best villains of all Ever. time. She's yes. so great because she's so fun because she's of course a redhead, and I love her. Um, and she's like, she does kind of one of the problems with not a problem, but one of the nineties ish things about this show is it kind of has what's it's even worse than what it's called the Smurfette problem where there's like one girl. Yeah. Like that was like every nineties show. It was like Thundercats, I think had like one girl, one girl (laughs) and like Smurfs had one girl. And like, so I'm like, well, that girl's gummy bears for heaven's sakes had one girl, one girl. (laughs) It's like, um, how do they like, make more gummy bears? How does yeah, that happen? I don't know. It's like, I, I and so I would like, I always wanted to be like, I, I'm on the, on the girl's side. And so like, Elisa was really cool, but she was human. I'm like, I like the cool redheaded girl gargoyle that kicks ass 
okay, she sort of wants to murder everyone, but she's got trauma. Like, yeah, she's one of my first, you know, complicated villains I loved. She was definitely one of my first queer crushes. Like I I I didn't realize then how much I was in love with her, probably. Um, I wanted to love, I wanted to be her. And I also wanted to like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Demona was such a huge influence on me. I'm uh, I've, I've been in the furry fandom since I was 16. And when I entered the furry fandom, my character looked a lot like Demona because Demona, when I was 12 was sort of this powerful feminine character that, yeah, she was sort of a bad guy, but, you couldn't help but like root for her and then when you found out her tragic backstory it all just kind of made sense and she was also a witch and she practiced magic and she had all these plans and yeah it she was fascinating and it was really fun to see the actress that plays Deanna Troy who has to be like the compassionate you know (laughs) ship's counselor gets to just be evil Marina Marina Sardis just gets to be like queen bee like oh i'm sure she really enjoyed it. and she's got like that great accent um yes that's so wonderful and i admit i don't know originally where marina is from but her accent works so well as deanna and it works so well as demona i do want to like another funny thing about the show, show i just realized as you're talking about this is like none of these characters have scottish accents no no well uh yes actually one of them does hudson well, hudson, hudson does but like everyone else is just like Scottish. look i talk american english <laughs> whatever well Macbeth kind of has scottish Scottish, but like none of these scottish gargoyles i don't know maybe gargoyle is yeah different. um that is like there's some funny things about this and this but it's this great kind of bouncing off point where like all magic and all mythology basically exists in this exists Mm -hmm. and in like the second season i guess i don't i think there were only there were only two seasons there was there were three seasons we don't talk about we don't talk about the third season it was i don't even know they like Like, slashed their budget and they 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 fired a lot of the writers like i don't know if greg was involved Mm -hmm. and And so it's really it's really bad it just and they so, just dropped the ball for that. And, and, yeah. and then, the, then the show just kind of abruptly ended and you didn't really yeah. actually get any closure, which was uh, one of so, the, yeah. one. <laughs> so in, in that season, they do kind of solve, like they have this big Avalon arc where they go mm-hmm. to Avalon and it's super cool. Like King Arthur's involved and um, they find out like how Demona and Macbeth were in basically being manipulated by like the three witches and this sorcerer and all this stuff and they meet like Avalon time is different so Goliath and Demona's like daughter is there and so she becomes yeah. the main character and so that kind of is like okay cool now we have another like a, a nice female <laughs> she's not like the most interesting character unfortunately she's not as cool no as she's kind of a Mary Sue a little yeah, bit but she's you know nice <laughs> yeah Angela yeah. And of course, all the boy gargoyles are fighting over her. It's like, oh, God. Well, in the later in the comics, the voice yeah. actor that does Lexington is gay. And so, yeah, Lexington kind of is. Lexington is becomes a gay gargoyle, which oh. I would love to see. I love that. And, you know, modern history. But uh, going back to the whole um the premise of of how the gargoyles meet so they end up in this castle in the sky in new york city and because you know they're gargoyles and xanatos has all sorts of rich you know uber rich guy stuff that ends up causing iron man gargoyles right (laughs) they have some giant it is it is he is very much iron man but i think even like he's more likable even than Tony oh, he's Stark. So, so much fun. Cause like, he's always, he's also a great antagonist slash villain. Cause he is also always thinking like 10 steps ahead, 10 steps ahead of the rest of them. But so there's some giant sky battle happens and rocks come crashing to the ground. And that of course takes the notice of Elisa Mazda, who is a black indigenous woman who is a police officer and this is in the mid 90s like she literally is half black 
and her mom is voiced by you know Nichelle Nichols, which is Uhara, mm-hmm. and then her dad is a Navajo. Um, you know, he's part of the Navajo tribe and there's actually an entire story arc where she, yeah, where they goes, get to meet Coyote. And so where they get to meet Coyote. Yeah, Cause and, that's later in the second season where they're traveling basically through every major mythology across the world. Right. <laughs> and meeting all the gargoyles so- and creatures associated with it. It's a, and they kind of all like synthesize this as like all these mythological creatures. Many of them, they meet like raven and anansi and others are all children of oberon and uh, and they all kind of have like a big meeting eventually on uh, avalon later on and it's all kind of fun how they bring everything together and they get to like meet the japanese gargoyles and the british gargoyles in world war ii of course (laughs) yeah and they meet they Um, meet gargoyles all over the world yeah there's some in central america central america yeah that was what i would i was gonna say and then in the comics it actually um goes into more about like eventually brooklyn gets with one of the japanese gargoyles and they oh. have this whole love affair oh wow so, so was greg weisman involved in the comics like yeah okay. greg weisman was involved in the comics Good. and so, so that's where helped. the story the good story continues right right yeah because it the way that the series like season two kind of ends it's kind of a cliffhanger they're like these guys called the quarry men that want to yes and i think the gargoyles are like revealed and it's sort of like brooke uh goliath and elisa sort of kind of acknowledge that they've got a thing for each other and then like it ends we yeah. got this kind of crappy season three, but like we never get a lot of resolution for these no. great stories, which is so frustrating. Why? It is really frustrating. That was my first ship. That was my first like hardcore ship. Like I would just imagine and daydream about these characters getting together constantly when I was like in middle school and I was so obsessed with the show. And I don't think I, I thought to write fan fiction at a time, but if fan fiction had been a thing, at that point, I would have totally written so much fan fiction about yeah. those characters. Like I was, I wasn't writing Gargoyles fan fiction back then. I was writing other fan fiction, like because you know fanfic's always been there, but it was much harder to find. Right, way yeah. back in the day, mm-hmm. um, you had to really go looking for it, and when you found it, even if it was really crappy, you appreciated it because at least you found some. Right. Like, um. Yeah, I think that was some of the first things I went looking for on the internet was Mm -hmm. Gargoyles fan fiction. Because like, you know, this would have been like 1996, 97. So this is really early on in the beginnings of the internet. And I uh, was getting on with AOL, with the dial-up connection and and Gargoyles Uh, I I can hear the noise right now. (laughs) Remember when you... To get on the computer, your internet, your computer had you get on the internet, your computer had to scream at you for a while. Yeah, I I think if I heard that voice, it would or that that sound, it would make my heart start beating because I would be so excited to get connected mm-hmm. to the internet that whenever that sound would happen, it would just like I would have this you know Pavlovian response to it where I would get really excited about it, and now. <laughs> giving myself uh, a mild panic attack every time I heard that song that sound uh, but yeah gargoyles was one of the things that when I was first getting on the internet I'm like 12 13 years old and it's like message boards and bulletin boards gargoyles was one of the things that was you know getting me on it because like that relationship between goliath and elisa it took a really long time and they really yeah, drew they it really out. slow burned it it, re- it was a huge, it was really slow burn. And then when I went to a, the, the gathering, one of the, the conventions for Gargoyle fans, Wiseman was talking about how there was this history of human gargoyle relationships that he was going to kind of tease out in some of the comics. I don't know if he ever got to, because the comics also ended, but there is apparently lisa and goliath weren't the first couple of this interspecies and so um 
And then also there was that episode where Elisa turned into a gargoyle, which is my yeah. favorite episode. And then, I, and then Goliath is like a, a human. When and they try and guy. fly, he's like, he jumps off the like, wait, shit. <laughs> um, and there's that one like great like Lady Hawk sort of moment where like they're both the same species for like a second and then for a second and yeah and they, and they get that beautiful moment where they're flying together and he's like completely twitterpated by her and how beautiful she is as a gargoyle and that was all we got yeah <laughs> it's like and that and that episode introduces one of my favorite characters on the show is Puck Right, very Shakespearean version of Puck, played by the brilliant Brent Spiner Spiner. in his like most mischievous, best glory. And he's you know, Demona traps Puck because that's always a good idea. She (laughs) learns like, oh, you do not screw with the good folk, and and so he turns everyone, like he turns all the humans into gargoyles, and he turns the gargoyles into humans, and all sorts of stuff happens and but then uh he like makes it so demona becomes a human during the day which i was like, mm-hmm. cool like she's <laughs> i wonder so what she sleeps, but yeah i don't think um, she sleeps that was yeah. one of the things is she doesn't sleep yeah but that was just like serving out some karma right there i thought yeah. that was so great and like her her human name's like dominique destine like, oh, yes so cool um <laughs> And then she and like Macbeth like forget each other, and then like they date. It's all oh, there's just so many great plot lines. So with there was so many everyone. great plot lines. It, um, it really just was such a rich, rich, wonderful world that I I've heard that they may pick it back up. I Disney Plus. I know Disney, of course, listens to all my podcasts because obviously, listen Disney, please pick up, please revive Gargoyles in some way. You've revived literally everything else from the disney afternoon i think like give this to us <laughs> all the voice actors are still there like yeah it. not much longer i mean mm. the, we we really gotta get this done I, mean, I guess ed asner is no longer with us so yeah i was, I was incorrect mm-hmm. so it would you know it would be so cool to see like I mean, I think a live action version would be like we now we have the technology to make a really cool live action version of it mm-hmm. that would be so neat i don't know if you, you could sustain it as a series that would be very expensive but then again you're dragons every week in game of thrones so throw a few billion dollars at it and yeah see what I happens mean, like that amazon prime with the way that things oh, have been gosh. going with wheel of time i mean they could just uh, yeah they have an unlimited budget at this point because oh, that's what i was gonna say sally richardson whitfield who voiced elisa maza directed several episodes of wheel of time Oh wow! And she's a, she's a director now, and so like I saw her name, like I recognize that name. Like who is that again? I'm like, wait, Alisa, what? And she's directed like the show. I'm very excited to watch actually tonight because it's just premiered as the Gilded Age on HBO. She directed almost every episode of that I just saw. So okay. it's so cool that she's had this sort of second wind as a director. She's been directing television all over, Shadowhunters, Magicians, like. Black yeah. Lightning. She's. I bet she's up there in a uh, Vancouver a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool that she's up there. Luke Cage, Punisher, like a lot of cool stuff. Oh, she directed Doom of episode Doom Patrol, which is one of the best shows out there. So very cool that she is doing that, and she's still acting as well. So, so that's neat. Yeah, that is that is really cool. And Jonathan Franks has been doing a lot of. Oh, he directs uh, a lot too. Directs now with the you know the whole Star Trek. Yeah renaissance we're seeing right now because he he also is a character in below decks which is so funny because uh Riker gets to come back and below decks and I don't know it's if like, you've seen that it's I, I don't know but like you know like Demona was very far from Deanna Troy but but Xanatos is not too far from Riker yeah They're Riker that sort of you know Jonathan Frakes voice is just mischief and mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm yeah um, yeah i feel like he could even be more riker than riker on the show just thomas it's <laughs> a deep cut reference um yeah i feel like one of the only people they didn't get on was like Pat- patrick stewart because you know he, he, he had, did he he actually he did was on voice. too he oh, did yeah. it was a bit part but he did voice a part yeah <laughs> so cool. they initially had asked him to be Macbeth, but i think he was like too busy at that point yeah so 
but no, uh, almost every single actor on TNG got to have a character. Like even LeVar Burton. Yeah, he was a Nazi. A Nazi, which is just so cool. You know, that, that makes so much sense that I, he was the spider storyteller. I love um, that they let LeVar do that. Though that a Nazi, I'm not a fan of spiders. <laughs> Nazi is terrifying. He's a terrifying. It's like, you know, I always like think of Nazis like, oh, it was a little spider. Like, no, this is Nazi's like Aragog size. Yes. Like, oh, okay. Like, the most frightened I've ever been in a movie theater, I will admit, is like Chamber of Secrets, the Aragog sequence with all the spiders chasing them in the forest. It's like, <laughs> I do not like it. Thankfully, I didn't think the Shelob scene in Two Towers was as scary because she didn't, Shelob didn't have eight eyes. So, yeah, it wasn't as scary. True. Like that, the spider they chose as a reference was not as spidery. Mm-hmm. Sorry to go on a like spider phobia <laughs> tangent. <laughs> I, I love spiders. They're like yeah. one of my spirit guides, I guess, is the proper I, term. I respect them. They're not my, <laughs> just too many eggs and eyes for me. <laughs> just being well, fine with like, you know, cephalopods, but you know. Uh, uh, I, I, um, also one of the things about this show that just, I will always love and have so much adoration for was Tim Curry and yeah. the fact that, I mean, Tim Curry got around at that point. He was doing a lot of voice doing acting. so much in the nineties. There was so many, like he was in that red wall, um, animated show he was the fox which he was i'm i think we'll have to do a whole episode on this on uh, just tim curry's on tim curry but also on fern gully the last fern gully mm-hmm. where he like i think that also like made a lot of us tree hugging hippies back in the 90s oh yeah and look i mean we have robin williams and tim curry in the same, same movie. movie and then they remade it with blue people and called it avatar like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the music wasn't as good in avatar it was it was not that you know (laughs) at least avatar got a cool land in disney world so that's neat they have cool space food and floating mountains but (laughs) um tim curry like i just how can you not i think every witch has a favorite tim curry role like yeah we'll have to do a tim curry salute because like he's just so fabulous yeah i love him and everything you know like Muppet Treasure Island. Everything. Like, everything. everything. Like, and yeah. he was really tight with Disney in the 90s because like you had mm-hmm. Muppet's Treasure Island. You had the cheese-tastic but fantastic Three Musketeers. Oh yeah. With oh, yeah. like Kiefer Sutherland and Charlie Sheen and <laughs> yeah. Chris O'Donnell. It's like, what is this cast? But somehow it worked. Yes. I loved yeah. that movie as a same time as I was watching Gargoyles. Like that was the height of cinema was three musketeers with chris o'donnell yeah oh. i was too young to know rocky horror at that point but... i like realized i like my mom my mother she's like oh you like that guy cardinal richelow he's in this musical you should watch it and she just like <laughs> rented it for me and a friend i'm like whoa what am i watching yeah you don't really I get don't, it and i was like 12 or 13 probably a bit too young i was like what what okay what should I, I all right I mean again and rest in peace meatloaf for Eddie oh yeah mm-hmm. but um god that you know another there's so many things that made our our generation as weird as we are it was like Boyles, <laughs> Tim Curry Rocky Horror it was all the same pathway yeah and Tim Curry was never on um is he ever in any Star Trek-ish thing? I don't think he ever was. I don't think so. I'd have to look that up. I feel like he very well could have been, though. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of Star Trek out there, maybe. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. But yeah. the, the character he plays is this evil scientist <laughs> named evil. Dr. Dr. Savarius. Yeah. And so Just... it in my head canon, my my original character, my OC, is actually the daughter that he created to (laughs) live with him because all the other gargoyles and his like cat gargoyle creations. Oh yeah. They're like the 
the, I mean, I was going to say the furry gargoyles, but they the are furry, furry gargoyles. gargoyles. <laughs> They're like cat gargoyles. Yep. Yeah. And like one of them is Lisa's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. Then there's like, I loved this show because it was so, it was like, we're not going to just be one show. We're going to be every show. We're not <laughs> going to just be comic booky or mythology or sci-fi. We're going to have literally everything. There will be robots. There will be cybernetic people. There will be evil AIs. There will be virtual reality. There will be Anansi. There will be Raven. There will be Odin. There will be time travel. There will be Shakespeare. There will be clones. Like <laughs> literally every, every kind of genre trope shows up and like, there's ghosts. There's mm-hmm. witches. Yep. Everything is <laughs> gargoyle. Like yes. it just blows your mind to think about like how did they get away with this show? And they just had like a like a wheel of fortune every episode. Like, okay, what haven't we done? Yeah, what have All right, we? it's a haunted robot. Let's do it. A haunted robot or ghost, three people ghost with, in the machine yeah. kind of robot. Oh yeah. It yes. was so brilliant. There's just so much there. Like my first time ever understanding the concept of gray goo, where the AI basically covers everything that came from gargoyles yeah like they had you know cybernetic stuff like yeah like literally that that this episode we're talking about it um is the othello and it's like literally a cybernetic gargoyle is fighting in a virtual reality with the ghosts of two other gargoyles and it's an iago and desdemona and othello story and michael dorn is one of the voices and kate mulgrew Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the girl she's desdemona um what's her name cold cold fire um this is cold stone she's cold, cold stone she's cold no, fire yeah she becomes cold fire once she becomes yeah her. they call her desdemona and some of the things but yeah she becomes, mm-hmm. becomes cold fire and then like hit the mean gargoyle is they cold something else but um yeah it's like that like just objectively that that plot sounds just Cocoa Puffs, like, but it worked. It's it a great worked. episode. It worked. You it's can so watch cool. any episode and it, it it's still, it, it you know, it, it's, it, it aged well. Yeah, that is one thing about Gargoyles is it aged well. It, and that you cannot say that about everything from the nineties. Well, even though like, it's very, it's almost sort of cyberpunk mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but it also has the animation. It's very similar to, that Batman the animated series style where it's almost like it's retro futurism. Yes. It's like Tomorrowland sort of look. And so it's mm-hmm. it's it is kind of timeless because mm-hmm. it has this like heightened technology, but it also has like an older look to some things. So it works really well. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's still super duper fun to watch. And it's got yes. magic. Like I like the what do you think about the way they handle magic in this? Because we are just supposed to talk about it. Yeah, we're magic and at some point. Well, I I feel like I mean they they draw from a lot of mythology and Shakespeare, and so it's really they just they just integrate that. It's like all of mythology is real, mm-hmm. all of like magic and and these deities and mythological creatures they really do exist, and books of magic like they have the eye of. Ida of Odin that turns Fox into who's played by the the voice actress who does her is also the doctor on TNG. Oh, is that Gates Um, McFadden? Yes, it's of course it is. So she does the voice of Fox, who ends up marrying Xanatos, and in this one episode. He gives her the eye of Odin as yeah. like a, a she, engagement present, and she turns into a werewolf. As you do, that's super. Was, I mean, I was. I guess I'm a real furry here, but that was really hot. <laughs> I'm looking at the cast on IMDb because just uh, so many great. Yeah, things. does it say Gates was um, Marina? No, it was, it was Lauren San Giacomo. And she was on okay. for one episode, it says, but maybe she's, but her mom was Titania. Did- uh, Kate, no, Kate, um, Kate Mulgrew was Titania. So just literally every 
who played fox who did the voice of fox for gargoyles because she was one of the um so they were like Tonisha Lube was in this like Uh come on come on (laughs) he played the emir I gotta I gotta see because I'm pretty sure Gates did yeah uh, Avery Brooks was in here as well Captain mm -hmm. Cisco what did Captain Cisco play he played a character named Nokar and I'm trying to find out what episode it was Sentinel. What's that one? Uh, let me see. Oh, yes. Okay, you're no, right. No, he played the alien. Oh, yeah. This is the other thing they meet. They meet aliens. <laughs> they do meet aliens on Easter Island. Yes. Yes, they do. They this have an like, episode where they do meet aliens. And the Illuminati are a big story point. <laughs> like, oh. And then, like, then there's like the pack, which are these cool, like, action people who would end up being just turned into, you know, cyber, cyber people. And yeah, so Laura Sands um, Giacomo played yeah, the she, voice of Fox. Yeah, so she was, was on Just Shoot Me. She was like Julia uh, Roberts' best friend and pretty woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I do. People remember that that girl. So yeah, the pack was this. They were on TV. Yeah. And so they were kind of like these. Um, Maybe they're actual mercenaries who kind of got a TV show. Who got a TV show, and then they ended up going to jail, and Fox ended up getting released because she got off on good behavior, and then Mary Xanatos. And it turns out her mom is Titania. Titania, yes. And so she's got kind of she's half complicated mortal. family story, and then her then then her and Xanatos's kid is like magic. Yeah, <laughs> that's another story that they kind of never really got to get into because Puck becomes his like babysitter yeah. and like teaches him stuff. I wanted right. more of that story too. I think that would have come out more yeah. if the comics had been. Like, there was a little bit of that discussed in the comics, and oh, uh, Lexington actually ends up becoming uh, very involved with their son Alex Uh-oh. in in the sh- in at least in the comics. So that would be really interesting to see that um, continued, and you know they're there was just so much that I really like this, this, this was definitely one of those shows that I, I will always kind of feel this sort of unrequited. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one that got like, away. Un, like no closure when it's, it comes you know, to this. It's it was like, it's over. It's like, it's your first fandom love. And you know, it's you kind of always look back what, what could have been if it had, had been able to finish and like where those stories could have gone. But I think it's also great because as other fandoms have, you know, shown sometimes the stories end and people don't like the ending. And so the way not having an ending almost leaves it as this unfinished thing that's perfect in our imagination. And we don't have to be disappointed. Well, we are disappointed by season three, but we don't talk about season three. We don't have to even recognize. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. I don't recognize it as canon. Even like even the animation was shitty, though. Yeah, like they sourced it to a different animation studio. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it had this like wobbly feel to it. Like it, it it, it was probably done like Xeroxed. Like a lot of old, um, like seventies Disney was done to save time. They like used Xerox processes, and it was cheap, and they or they were using really rudimentary computer stuff to finish it so yeah yeah well. so <laughs> I, I when I was watching this as a kid like I did love the magic stuff and I like I would definitely say some of the magic words that Goliath would say to like activate mm-hmm. the time traveling thing and never I never quite got the hang of that time travel spell but one day maybe one day <laughs> We can go back and make them finish it. <laughs> but I do love this idea they have it like everything's real. If it exists, yeah. it's out there. And like I'm like, that's I'm like, yep, that's how I feel. I think it's all it's all there. Yeah. yeah. And Demona, like she was a witch in her own right. You know, yeah. she cast spells and she could read ancient languages. 
And then the fairy and the fae folk, they had their own magic. They had a, they had a great depiction mm-hmm. of the fae. Like it was pretty, it was very influenced by Shakespeare, but Shakespeare is pretty influenced by like actual British folklore. And so it's like, these are powerful creatures that live in their own world and don't screw with them. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was sort of a juxtaposition to these other sort of more real life mundane issues. Like at one point they had a gun safety narrative oh where yeah, that one Brooklyn, was a bit of a groaner. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. he accidentally shot Elisa. And then it, it was like, well, kids, guns aren't toys. And that was a really powerful message I felt. And then like, not so dire, but there was also the story arc where um Hudson the older gargoyle has a friendship with a blind man who reads to him and teaches him how to read yeah and I thought that was really beautiful and at the at the end you find out that the blind guy knew the whole time he was a gargoyle he just didn't care because yeah I I love that episode I think that's really fun I think it's called like a a lighthouse a lighthouse it's like I just remember that title because it's so great (laughs) And it's a literary reference. Mm-hmm. I think even it even harkens back to the book yeah. he was reading, which I'm, I'm not remembering at the moment. But yeah, there yeah. was a lot of rich, like literary history. And this show like believed and they were correct, like viewers were smart and viewers could keep up with a show that had aliens and robots and witches and fairies and, and gun safety and werewolves, and all of it, because, like, it was as wild as a kid's imagination, Mm -hmm. and as equally inspired, Mm -hmm. like, it was just so wonderful, and just reminded you, like, oh, the world, this is so full of amazing things, whether it's Shakespeare, or cyberpunk, or Star Trek, like, it was super awesome. And representation it was like yeah it it had a lot more representation I think than just about any other media I can Mm -hmm. think of in the 90s you know yeah I wonder if like there were conversations when Goliath becomes human that he becomes a white looking human (laughs) like I would have liked to see him become a you know a human that matched the race of his voice actors Keith Davis who's a black Mm man like I think that I mean but, you know, I don't know if the 90s were, if they were thinking that. They just, like, assumed all the gargoyles became white people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're from Scotland in 10th century, but there's also their gargoyles. Yeah, they're gargoyles. So, and it's magic. So why? Yeah, it's magic. So why, like, you know, yeah. Like, so that would, I wonder, but I wonder if that was even, like, a conversation or that was mm-hmm. just, like, they just assumed, Um. Cause yeah, he kind of, he looks like a male Elisa though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The same hair. <laughs> with like, the mullet kind yeah. of. <laughs> Which yeah. did not look as good on a human as it did on a gargoyle. So at the gargoyles conventions, did people ever like cosplay as, like that's gotta be a difficult cosplay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen some really amazing uh, uh, cosplays, especially of Demona, oh, like full so on Demona. Um, I've seen a few they're just like looks uncomfortable but also awesome because like she her the way that they walk is like their feet are basically like they're digigrade yeah Yeah. that's they're they have these like like big kind of almost like cats yeah like they and so they they walk with um their it looks like their heel is up and their knees are kind of slightly bent and their um pelvises are tipped forward and so that yeah that's called digigrade and then the other thing I really liked about it was, so they had these wings, but they didn't like fly like birds. They, they glided. glided. They had to, they had to get up at a yeah. high point and glide. So there was like sort of a lot of thought put into how these creatures would live, how they would interact with their environments. And one of the cool things that I really loved was like when their wings weren't being used, they were a cloak yeah. around yeah. them. And Except that, for Lexington, who had like the bat wings, right? Yeah, he he, he had, had different kind of like of... the flying squirrel sort of situation yeah. where he had um, skin between his arms and his legs, and so 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some other gargoyles, I think, in in Japan that also had that phenotype, which was really interesting. And then you had like the the gargoyle beasts were like basically gargoyle dogs, which were just yeah. like um, Bronx, who was just like and they had to scare him around, which was always funny to me. Um, and then you, but like I think the most interesting designs for some of the gargoyles were the ones they met in England, where it was like a griffin and a unicorn and what was the other guy like a lion a lion a lion yeah. and the unicorn it was like the symbols of britain it was kind of cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but and they're just like we're just shop owners we're just ma- wearing very cool masks this is just what we do in our shop <laughs> don't worry that our lips move with our <laughs> um yeah, yeah that was a really cool episode i haven't thought about that episode in a long time and um but yeah that was that was really interesting so it's just like gargoyles are they can look like fantasy creatures, but they they also kind of have this other phenotype. And then I wasn't sure, like, I think they, they had asked him about, like, what makes a gargoyle beast and what makes a gargoyle person? Like, because yeah. they all kind of, like, like, seem to have, like, the same, I don't know, genetics going on. And so there was a lot, lot of ambiguity in that that I feel like I could have used some more, like, explanation for, they- but they and they do lay eggs. Yes. And, yes. But like they kind of, you know, it's very clear who children certain gargoyles are. <laughs> but like right. they know it, they're all our children. And they don't have names except for Goliath, which I always like like that fantasy idea of like, oh, we're a culture without names. But like, how does that practically yeah, work that- when you're like a group? You're just like, you, no, no, other you. <laughs> I think that they even they even have a part where one of the humans says, "Well, how do you tell each other apart? Well, what do you call each other, friend?" Like, well, that gets confusing. Yeah, yeah, but hey, redhead, (laughs) like the girl gargoyle. Yeah, the only one. There's only two girl gargoyles. So, (laughs) yeah, and um, I guess the with the gargoyles they they didn't goliath didn't have any clue that he was angela's father until somehow they were able to determine the paternity well it's like he i mean i feel like elisa looked down she's like hey (laughs) she's she looks exactly like demona but she's colored like you i wonder who her parents are (laughs) and then angela's like are you my father like duh angela like (laughs) come on like, that's what she's like that's why you were kind of an annoying character because you're like yeah come on and then she better. ends up with broadway which is like my least he's got like he's the one with the no no the brooklyn beak. is the one with the beak okay brooklyn's with beak. i can brooklyn never I was super emo he was like yeah. super in love with angela but she was just like no nah, i'm not into you and then she ends up with brooklyn who's the one that has like the fins for the ears yeah. and he's kind of um it's a big guy larger larger gargoyle but like i don't know he was not my favorite one i wanted her to get with uh brooklyn but i guess he ends up getting um like i said in the comics he has his own story arc and there's actually an alternative um storyline i don't because like somebody comes back from the future like there's yeah and him and demona get together in the future oh weird yeah it's weird so him and demona have like this love affair in the future but then i think demona actually has to come back from the future to save everyone and she has had this love affair with brooklyn and that's why she doesn't hate everyone anymore well i'm glad that works out for her because she's (laughs) she's awesome yeah so if you if they were to bring this back which let's hope they are they do would you like it to see like fully rebooted or like finish out the story that they didn't get to finish in the original series i would like to have them pick it back up in you know more modern times and allow some of the characters to have more diversity and queerness like i want to see lexington as a gay gargoyle in New York City and navigating that, and I honestly like to pride because like he 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 fit right in. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to see <laughs> like 
what happens with Alex and the Fey folk and having this sort of like the the son of Xanatost and Fox and what it's, it's been like twenty some years. Oh God, now I feel old. Like it's been like you could definitely say like okay, Alex Xanatos is feeling emo in college, so he's like snap. I'm bringing all my gargoyle friends from 1995. I'm just time traveling you up to now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I never knew where they went as a kid. Now I know. And, and I, I want to see, I want to see what happens with Eliza and, and Goliath. I want to yeah. see, do they get together? Do they? What are their find... kids going to look like? Like that? Yeah. Can they have kids? I don't know. Like, you know and... They can adopt. <laughs> I guess, they kind yeah. of adopt Angela. Like she definitely, Lisa kind of becomes her. Yeah. Surrogate mom because she, her mom and her have such a, a like fraught relationship. relationship. Though they do get some kind of like moment of resolution, yeah. which was really beautiful at one point. But yeah, I really want to see. I want to see Elisa and Goliath navigating their relationship. I want to see, um, sort of a return to Avalon and what's happened in yeah. Avalon and uh, all of that and all of the mythology that they got to like, you know, go around the world, like having that continue and, and the encroachment of like capitalism and colonialism and all of like things that are kind of like trying to hurt the magic and maybe the gargoyles are protectors of it. That would be really cool. I'd love to see how the gargoyles are related to the Fae and that larger magical community in Avalon like there's so much like they got so much in there and so it just leaves so much more to be explored you could kind of go back you could revisit that whole alien thing that was sort of like just one episode like by the way aliens are real so it's monster obviously but the other thing in the comics that they did was sort of like um they did comics of all the different quote unquote bad guys. And so each of them kind of got their own story. Like the, um, the Australian guy, Dingo, who has the symbiotic relationship with the AI. Oh yeah. Him and Coyote are like buds. Yeah. Yeah. So they get their own kind of story. Um, what are the other one? Oh, um, Thalog. Oh yeah. The evil, the clone, clone of Goliath. Goliath. He kind of gets named like this Goliath backward and it's a cooler name. <laughs> it's a cooler name. <laughs> um, he gets his own kind of story arc. Uh, I could always have more of Demona, you know, just yeah. like what happened to her. Is and she didn't he make there? a clone Demona like to be his yes. girlfriend? What was her name? Uh, like was it Demona I, backwards? I don't remember. It was I don't something. I remember. But yes, Demona also had a clone. Yeah, um, and she was so because she kind of tried to get together with Thalog. He's like, no, I just wanted to clone you so I could have a nicer, <laughs> a nicer version of you, <laughs> one that's easier to control, less emotional baggage. <laughs> Demona could not be controlled. You no, know, that's why she was the best. That's I just want to watch a whole awesome. series about Demona like that. I want a Loki style series about Demona. Like I want right? Demona to show up in Loki. She could totally be a variant and I want to be her to get taken by the TVA. Yes. Why not? Disney, why not? Disney has it all. In the MCU because Odin's yes. already there. Like why not? Odin's, why not? Yeah. Odin's you know in what? there. Make it um, season two of WandaVision is just Kirkwell's. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome, though, because like the weird sisters, they they're also characters that I just loved because they like, you know, it's a, a blonde. One of them has like like black hair. One of them has red hair. So it's like yeah. the three of them, but they're twins and they always come as like, you know, they'll, they'll turn into cats and they'll all be uh-huh. each other's color cat or their their owls or yeah. they're owls. Yeah. They're and cool. that. That was the, that was a really cool character concept that you actually got to see the weird sisters and they were their own character in, in that cartoon, which is is really cool to have that concept. But wow. yeah, yeah, there's so much that Disney could could do with this franchise. And Greg Wiseman has said that he would come back, know. you know, is, is provided they don't, you know, treat him like shit like they did when he ended his contract, which that's, that's we talked about. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, it could that was almost that was over 20 years ago now. So I mean, if, if it meant that we would actually get to see this franchise continue, yeah, and I feel be like- able. 
Mm-hmm. They brought Willow back. They're bringing they're bringing Willow back, which right. is like was not a successful movie in its time. It's a great weird movie. It is a great weird movie. <laughs> it's very strange. The first movie I ever remember seeing in theaters is Willow. Like um, I have a very vivid memory of seeing that in the theaters and be like, oh, and now I turned out this way. Um, <laughs> but they're making a Willow series, which I'm so excited about. And why not make a gar- uh, re- reboot Gargoyles? Because, you know, it's there. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're kind of running out of ideas, really, you know? With the- they're, they're doing a Percy Jackson series, another show that, like, <laughs> those movies didn't do well. The books people love. Um, mm-hmm. but the movies were yeah. Um, yeah but yeah come on come on Disney we're like, we'll, we'll manifest that we'll manifest uh, that yes yeah that, that is definitely something to manifest because I, I and more witches we could get more witches, more witches. in there that yeah, would be great I mean, it's totally room for witches in there too as well if they didn't do the Tempest I don't think they need to get Prospero in there he's got a whole other island like get more Shakespeare come on yeah more Shakespeare more more Shakespeare references yeah I could see what else I mean they definitely got a lot of midnight mid it's all like midsummer night's dream it's like a sequel to midsummer night's dream yeah yeah you know just have someone like run off being chased by a bear and only listeners will know why it's funny But, well, that's about the end of our time. Um, once more, can you remind people where they can find your podcast and find you and your work? Yeah, definitely. So I am the one of the co-hosts of the Science Witch Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Science Witch Podcast and on Twitter as Science Witch Pod. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Ever um, find podcasts? Or yeah, I think mostly. If, if there's a podcast venue that I'm not on, let me know. I will yeah, like same here. Sure. I'm, I don't know about <laughs> Anchor. I think we're on all those other things. But, um, but yeah, I, we, we talk about how science and witchcraft intersect, interact, and affirm one another. Have you had so. like any like quantum physics episodes? Because quantum no. physics, physics is just like, it's magic. It's magic. It is. It is absolutely. It's literally magic. By observing something, you change it. I mean, we've talked about quantum physics a little bit, but I would love to have a somebody of witchy persuasion that studies quantum physics to come on. That would be really cool. I took quantum physics for dummies in like college, and so I can explain like what Schrodinger's cat is, and I got an A in that class. (laughs) Like that's about as far as I can go. Yeah, but like quantum physics is very much like it is our perception of and our thoughts can influence quantum particles. Right. It's right. When we observe things, it changes it. Before yeah. we close out, I did want to mm-hmm. say I, I wanted to revise that the question you asked me at the beginning of the last podcast, like oh. the question you asked all their guests. Oh yeah. The, what was your favorite thing growing up? So yeah. okay. I, thought about, I thought about that. It was Gargoyles is of course you know, also there, but the last unicorn. Oh my and I'll God. tell you why. When I was um I was in second grade and it was raining outside. So they brought us all in and somebody had a VHS tape of the last unicorn. And I, I grew up in a pretty rural uh like public school in elementary school in um in the Bible belt. And they put on the last unicorn. (laughs) And then as soon as the tree came alive with the boobs. Oh my God. I always forget that scene. And I was (laughs) watching it with my daughter. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. That was what the people that were uh, having all of us kids in this um, auditorium. They, they, as soon as they saw that part, they turned it off. And I remember, I, I think I was like eight or nine years old. I was just like, what was that movie? what was that movie? And it took me literally, I think I was like old, like a teenager or older because this was before the internet until I finally found that movie again. And then once I found that movie, I found the book and then, but yes. So the last unicorn would have to be like that first movie. That was just like something really like, why did he turn the tree into a giant buxom woman? (laughs) I feel like as witches, most of us think we're Gandalf. But we're all probably Schmedrick. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, 
I think Schmedrick <laughs> is the most relatable magic practitioner because like he has great power and sometimes it goes right. And sometimes he ended up with a tree with boobs that tries to kill you. <laughs> Love as you one does. We'll have to have a whole like last unicorn episode because I could like talk about that one forever too because it's such a beautiful it is it's a it's a kind of strange movie but it's also wonderful and that era of animation from Rankin Bass was just such an interesting time in animation too yes yeah I agree I totally agree well thank you so much for having me talk about my favorite show my show like ultimately like I literally (laughs) who I am today is a large Uh, portion because of oh good good now i want to go watch gargoyles and after i watch the gilded age directed by elisa so thank you so much (laughs) all right well thank you thank you for listening to real magic as always if you enjoy the podcast please make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating or review also wherever you listen to podcasts it helps the most on apple Podcasts. but if you're somewhere else a review helps there too you can always support the podcast by following us on Twitter at Real Magic Pod. We're also on Facebook, though. I'm not sure. I think it's Real Magic Pod there, too. But you can search for us and find us there. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for your support. It means a lot. And also remember to check out that Witch Life Con. I hope you all have a bright and blessed Imbolc and Groundhog's Day. And we'll see you again in about two weeks for another magical journey into our media past. In the meantime, just remember, if you want to break a curse, just move a castle to the top of a skyscraper. So easy. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye, to life. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye to all of us.